Good afternoon, everyone. It's your Commissioner Farrell Elliott coming to you with the beloved trophy husband, Mr. Robbie Fetcher, as we have a rare afternoon podcast uh, in lead up to this weekend's game. It's Friday afternoon and we have Fetch on the line. Uh, Fetch, we have a chance to prove to everyone that we are, in fact, not vampires. This is a great situation. It's daytime. Uh, I just got done my kindergarten teaching class with little Finley. Uh, so Good. it's a nice, nice break here to talk a little football. I like a little contribution from Finley. Matter of fact, you know, one of the listeners, uh, Fetch, sent me a text last week, said that I was a little hard on the Fetch, that I, w- I was coming in hard on him. And they did not get to witness the fact uh, that after some of your selections last weekend, I asked you to name your three daughters and you correctly named them. And I said, why? And I said, well, I wanted you to get something right that I asked you this week. So <laughs> it's hard, hard on the fetch. Fetch, you're going to come back strong uh, this week. I got that feeling in you. You are a bit like uh, Brady and Edelman and some of the champions, uh, Aaron Rodgers that we have around the league. You're, you're never going to be defeated twice in a row. We say I, hello I, to Jim Johnson and Kevin Williams. There is a bar. Fetch open somewhere. Sadly, we are not there, but um, we we shall return. This is our first episode. Fetch, we uh, are going to be graced by the production skills of of our uh, utility uh, man who steps up at all times and delivers. Mr. Jesse Bumstead uh, will be our producer and producing credits uh, as we go forward with our podcast. And we have made a promise to the league that are the frequency of our podcast will uh, increase. Uh, uh, won't they fetch? We are going to try. And I do want to mention, I was right about an Edelman bus last week because he did not play last week. So if you had him, in fetch, your lineup, yeah, you know, bust. see, you're just, you're just hanging on technicalities to be right. It's best. <laughs> you just leave that alone. It's best. You just go back to naming the girls again. You know, see, you don't, you don't want to, um, there are, um, so many things, uh, going on and working throughout, uh, week five, the, the week five that is now in our rearview mirror, the week that would not end. We started on Thursday and we ended on Tuesday and we all got a lesson on what it means to be a good team and have time off during the season. You know, you can still watch film and play in your next comeback and, uh, Tennessee was ready to play. Josh Allen was was uh, challenged uh, by the zone defense, the deep zone defense, was tight to employ uh, against the Bills, and, and that may have given a, li- a little bit of a secret. As long as you can get uh, get pressure on Allen, uh, that might give a secret on what to do with the Bills now four and one. But I don't want to get ahead of myself. Uh, let's give a uh, a big salute fetch to. Uh, our week five uh, leader as we move on to week six here. Ralph Ralph Siobhan. Yeah, yeah Ralph's up there. Ralphie Baby's up there. Tell me about your uh, tell me about your play against Ralph this year, Fetch. Well, you know, I had it real we were at Caesars, I believe it was Saturday night, and I gotta have a long talk with Ralph over there just about strategies, about how much he is drafted and what he was thinking. And it's it's always interesting to get into the minds of uh, of veteran players that have played so many teams and drafted so many. So uh, that'll be a memory of 2020 that I will really cherish, the fact that I spent some time with Ralph in conversation about fantasy football. And obviously it shows what he knows that he is leading after five weeks. 
Ralph is a talker, but I tell you what, he's even a better listener. And uh, he makes his own decisions. Uh, I saw him staying very, very consistent with his player. Once he gets on a guy, he's going to stay on that guy. And he works his strategy as far as drafting and auctioning for spots. He works that strategy very, very aggressively. Uh, he gets the spots that he wants. And uh, I see uh, I see Ralph to be a, a real strength as we move forward. He's got a couple teams doing well, but uh, he, I believe he's from the go route, and he is uh, – I could be wrong about the division, but it is uh, it is a Suncoast 420, and uh, there's no hidden meaning in that. That was just the number that came up. Ralph is a prolific player, and he's playing about 20 to 25 teams uh, in the KFFSC. Fetch, everybody wants to know how you're doing. Where are your teams after week five? I have a 5-0 and o team. It's in the top 100. I don't know exactly where it is, but I, I have three or four teams in the top 150, so I, I'm comfortably, you know, just off the radar. So people don't worry about me. 150 mean that you are in, uh, in, in the top uh, 30% of the league and scoring. And that's going to, that's going to be, uh, that's going to serve you well. You know, you'll do better than that. Did you have some uh, roadblocks and speed bumps and things that got in your way in this past week you wanted to talk about? Not really this every week, really <laughs> with, with just so many injuries, the soft tissue injuries. I've had struggles having so many Devonte Adams, Julio Jones, um, an interesting topic. I think we got to bring up is, is injuries with tight ends. Uh, I know I have Noah Fant, and I'm just hoping so bad that he's going to be able to come back this week. But I did an interesting strategy as we had the uh, Wednesday night waivers. I picked up a lot of Cameron Bray this week. That may well pay dividends, and why shouldn't it now with Howard out at Tampa, Cameron Bray's the number two tight end, along with Gronkowski. Uh, with, uh, you know, Gronkowski is a healthy and, and fresh Rob Gronkowski, but he is in a situation where um, he, he's an older player subject to subject to being banged up a little bit. You look at that body on Gronk and you say, how in the world, how in the world can this guy ever uh, uh, get an injury? But he's, he's certainly had a, he certainly had an injury history. Well, let's get into it, Fetch. Um, let's, uh, let's talk very, very quickly about some developments today as we move towards our Saturday night waivers. Uh, one of the things that uh, was very evident last week, um, the defenses that uh, players counted on, uh, all the guys, the 20-something guys that had to take a minus 15 for starting a defense on by, uh, some of the guys that had to start a zero or take a zero because they had no defense available, and it was after the waiver wire period that the games were uh, canceled, is that uh, many of our defense performed badly uh the kansas city chiefs who players were counting on turned in a negative eight i think uh uh the 49ers were in a negative number uh someone was a negative 10 if i believe but there were eight teams not all of them would have been active but there were eight defenses that put up a negative number this past week you know we've had a lot of scoring this year i think the surprising one is the chiefs the fact that they lost i think most people thought they would handle the the Raiders easily. Las Vegas had installed them as a 13-point favorite, I believe. Mm -hmm. So when, when you're a 13-point favorite, most of us feel like you can put the Chiefs in, and that's a safe uh, 
play defensively, and it just was not as that Raiders offense put it on them. You know, even the teams like the Steelers are not holding uh, opponents down the way I think people drafted who drafted them thought they would. Uh, the lone really bright spot in, in that defensive malaise is uh, the Baltimore Ravens, who really showed a rookie quarterback what a uh, stifling and uh, smart defense can do to a rookie. Ravens allowing an average of 15.2 points, Fetch. You're right. They uh, they were off the board early in the KFFC for a reason. Those drafters are being rewarded. Let's talk a little bit. Let's talk a little bit about that uh, Raiders and Chiefs game. You know, the return of Henry Ruggs means something. And I want all of our I want all of our uh, players in the league to look at the uh, defense they have and look at what's happening with the the opposition. And, they, you know, they've had to give you pause to um, to start the Chiefs against the Raiders when Henry Ruggs returns. Now, he scored two long touchdowns. The first one uh, that Carr delivered, that pass was a bit underthrown. Uh, Ruggs, had, uh, Ruggs had an easy touchdown in front of him. Um, I think that one led to a field goal, but Ruggs had to come back on the ball and make an athletic and uh, aggressive physical play against the defensive back to catch it. And the next one, uh, uh, Carr was certainly loose with the ball, and he he threw a lot of air yards under it. Um, If you take any team that has a deep threat in the league, you improve their their chances of, of moving the ball, scoring the ball, quick strike offenses are going to uh, are going to trouble defenses. That's something you've always taught me, Fetch, as we evaluate as we evaluate players. And Henry Ruggs was a different maker uh, for the Raiders. What did you see when the Chiefs had the ball in that game? What did you see about their offense? Because I saw some things and what the Raiders uh, defense, who no one owns in fantasy, what the Raiders defense was able to do to the top quarterback in the league. There's starting to be a little bit of a blueprint as to just frustrating the Chiefs. You know, the Chiefs mm-hmm. have so many. You talk about big play players with Hill and Hardman and even Watkins and Kelsey that can get down the field. And teams just are not giving that easy, deep throw uh, to Mahomes anymore. They're, they're making them work methodically down the field. And we're seeing even uh, the great MVP that uh, Mahomes is – he occasionally makes mistakes, and especially if you get him uh, pressured and moving a little bit. He wants that big strike. Teams are taking it away with a deep zone defense uh, with some matchup men. And, you know, it, it's uh, – you can look at it in the numbers. The his, his downfield passing, because it's not there, has decreased uh, significantly. And uh, T.Y. Uh, – and, and not T.Y. Tyreek remains the – number one deep target for this team. And, yeah, he's going to get open in some games. You cannot hold him back. But Mahomes has got to be in a position to deliver that ball, and he's got to be without some of the pressure uh, that the Chiefs are giving up. And, and that lays right into the acquisition, uh, the, the best acquisition, most exciting acquisition of the week, uh, Le'Veon Bell is no longer a Jet. Those who drafted Le'Veon Bell, you'd say the fourth round fetch? Fourth, fourth round, round for yes, Le'Veon? Yes, yes. Those who drafted Le'Veon Bell and held on to him, which I think was just about everyone, have now been rewarded with a back that goes to 
um, this prolific offense. Uh, there's commentary about how Bell will be used. I'll say this. He is the ideal third down back. Uh, not only does he uh, have all the skills and makes the third down back work, he leaves the fact that defense uh, that, he, that he can handle the ball um, in any type of run after catch or running play or play action becomes a real big thing with him on the field. Uh, your thoughts, Fetch, on how Le'Veon Bell and Edwards Hilaire will uh, split the time? I think uh, Le'Veon, especially early on, will be specialized third down, maybe even some short yardage or goal line. Um, the big, big thing that Le'Veon Bell allows you to do, you don't know if they're going to go no back, one back, how they're going to handle things, because you can put Le'Veon Bell, and he can run almost any route that a normal receiver can run. And I think that's the big thing in this passing offense. Not that Edwards Hilaire wasn't a good third down back, caught the ball to Beckford, but I don't think his, you know, a great slant route that, that bell can run. I think there's a Mm -hmm. big difference uh, there and that'll help uh, them in those special situations specifically. You know, they've got a tremendous rookie running back. They've got a high paid quarterback a high-paid tight end, and uh, Tyreek Hill, a high-paid receiver. So you see the offense with a lot of guys. You know, there's some guy we're still waiting for the continued maturation of Nicole Hardman. Um, you're, you're still waiting to see which of the other receivers step up and take that third and fourth position. If you remember the Houston game, we had to check our, our scorecard because they're a little bit interchangeable. Now Sammy Watkins is out for how long, Pat? Uh, three to four weeks, another soft tissue type injury, a hamstring. Up three to four weeks is a big, is yeah. a big, big bullseye of time for all of our drafters. So do you believe that, uh, do you believe we can see a situation of Hill and Hilaire being on the field at the same time? Wouldn't that give defenses uh, a nightmare? Yes, I definitely think uh, going forward that is possible. But I also see them bringing Pringle into the mix, Demarcus Robinson, McCole mm-hmm. Hardman. Uh, the one thing mm-hmm. Andy Reid does a great job is find out what uh, a individual player does well, and he puts that player in that situation. So I think he's going to utilize those three guys as the third receiver and really mix it up in uh, what they're, what they're going to do. I think Andy Reid was just beaten by a team on his home field, a team that he does not like losing to. I think he has Kelsey. I think he has Hill, his quarterback, his rookie running back, and now he has Bell. And those are some name brands, and they're going to see a lot of touches and a lot of balls. They're going to direct the offense through them. And I also see Mahomes running a little less because uh, – <laughs> you know, he, he's going to quit waiting for that uh, downfield receiver to develop, which leads to those runs. And he's going to start dropping it off. And what we see from Edwards, Hilaire, Bell, and any other receiver, uh, including Kelsey in this offense, and what they do after they catch the ball should be fascinating. Uh, you you have long been a proponent of Andy Reid as the best coach in football, and we're going to see it because now he's got a uh, – a certain ball player. And I don't think we have to worry in bell uh, a certain talent that he is being a distraction in that locker room. I think the veteran presence will uh, take care of that. And, and uh, hopefully Le'Veon bell uh, turns over a new leaf. We have some coronavirus stuff 
fetch going on uh, Saturday, uh, this Friday morning. Um, there are some uh, Patriots tests. Uh, uh, there were Atlanta tests. You see a lot of uh, you see a lot of uh, ongoing tests and quick actions by the NFL. I'm very, very pleased to see that uh, is a mitigate the transmission in the team environment, which is what will put the players on the field on the weekend. Talk to me, Fetch, uh, about what you're hearing. Uh, good news. We, we did have reports of positive tests in Indianapolis, but now they've come back as false positives. And uh, the really good oh, news, good. New England has dealt with this before. And from what I understand, they've done a quality job of having Zoom meetings this week really splitting guys up to make sure social distance is allowed. So if there is this one positive test, New England's mm-hmm. plan is he's he's isolated. We put him around. Everybody else is ready to play. And we saw just a couple weeks ago when they went to Kansas City with all that distraction, Cam Newton out, they put together a really good game plan and played a really good game except for the quarterback position against a great Kansas City team and still put a good product on the field. There's a gentleman that uh, has been at the forefront and point man for the NFL in their fight against COVID, uh, Dr. Alan Seals with an S, Dr. Alan Seals. And I think any of our listeners who would like to, to try to follow some of the techniques that are being applied daily and some of the changes that are being applied daily uh, would enjoy following whatever they can find out about Dr. Alan Sills because he is a consistent and brilliant contributor um, uh, to the players in this situation. And I, uh, you know, there's always going to be a window of uh, vulnerability. All of these changes are here is to create safety uh, for the players and make sure the game can be played. So I, I'm in a situation that, um, we want to talk and, and, you know, here we are with the podcast where we wanted to have a quick hitter. We're, we're pushing on 20 minutes and we haven't even started talking about this week's games, but we have a big, you know, we had our first run of Saturday night waivers. We'll have our second run of Saturday night waivers. We talked a little bit about the defenses and all the minuses that were in the league. You know, you move um, into a weekend uh, you are with one defense, you are operating somewhat at, at your own risk. You know, now if that game is canceled, now that, this is the last time I'm going to repeat this, uh, but if the game is canceled after our waiver wire period, and that's your only defense, you will not be penalized 15 points. If we were announced today that a game was canceled and you move forward with one of those canceled defenses, you would be, uh, you would be a, a negative 15. I might have said 25. It would be a negative 15. Uh, but you do not want to take a zero uh, in our league as a defense. You definitely don't want to take a minus 15. But you definitely don't want to take a zero either because some of these defenses are going to stretch out and play this week and uh, put up some big points. Fetch has already mentioned Baltimore. It'll be curious how, uh, how Adam Gaze and his uh, New York Jets respond to the – to the Dolphins that just uh, the Dolphins just, just went out there and took a crippled uh, San Francisco team and beat the hell out of everybody except Mostert. 
Um, Fetch, you got a defensive sleeper you want to share with the listeners? Well, you're just talking about him. I picked up Miami three or four times on three or four different teams this week going against this Jets team. Uh, Again, announced with no Sam Darnold starting. Uh, Love to play defenses against Joe Flacco. Curiously, Fetch, how much do you have to pay for that team? Anywhere from uh, $29 to $59 on the waiver wire, so it was not much of an expense. Okay, Fetch, grab your schedule. We want to run through the games, and we want to talk about fantasy implications of all of them. We want to talk about the wealth of wide receivers. We want to pay a lot of attention to Dallas with the red rifle now moving in behind quarterback. I love to say that just to just to aggravate my good friend Chris McKinley. I don't think he listens to the show, but uh, we'll have to give Chris a shout-out and tell him uh, once again a red rifle. Because, uh, uh, he claims that he does not have a rifle. And sometimes Chris claims that the red is actually out of a box that, uh, <laughs> that uh, he's not really a, that Dalton's not really a redhead. Okay. So let's, uh, let, let's go through a fetch first game up. Let's go. Up. I'm leading this here. The first game up, let's go with, you, you want you to throw out the games, Cincinnati and Indianapolis. Cincinnati and Indianapolis, a more boring contest could not be given us unless you have wide receiver T. Higgins here because this is the emerging star. Youth must be served, Fetch. T. Higgins deserved to be in your lineup. What's the update on Mixon? Mixon's supposed to be playing. Uh, the more concern, I'm not really concerned to fantasy people, but A.J. Green and what's going on there, does he want to be there or not? Yeah, it, it, it's over. It's it, Your A.J. Green is almost droppable uh, in, in the league. Uh, it, there's there's so much good wide receiver talent, so many options, so many guys that you can put to work. Uh, why bother if you want to keep him on your roster and hope for a late season miracle? But everything's trending away from AJ Green, both physically and competitively. Definitely, and they've already been setting John Ross as a healthy scratch. Um, now they're following a great defense in Baltimore by facing the number one pass defense and a very good run defense in the Colts. So I think this is another down game for Joe Burrow and the whole Mm -hmm. Bengals. And we've saw what Phillip Rivers does just in any game. So I'm assuming the Colts are going to get a three to nothing lead and then hand the ball (laughs) off so that Phillip cannot throw a pick six to lose the game again. I've personally avoided players on both these teams during during the draft, I have T.Y. Hilton, and uh, I've lamented what an excellent player now has been turned into a possession receiver by Phillip Rivers. And, and and I'll just say this about the Indianapolis Colts, and I know these are your boys, Fetch, but you, a team that gets so much right got so wrong on quarterback. Uh, and, so, and, and it's just so many other options. They could have had. Fetch, throw me another game. You can't talk okay. about Indianapolis anymore. Well, throw I do. I one one sneak peek. Tight ends a problem. Trey Burton. If you're if you're looking for a tight end, think about Trey Burton. Next game. I think that's an FFPC tight end. If you're looking for a tight end and for Kentucky, Trey Burton's not going to get you. Well, Carry on. De- yeah. Detroit at Jacksonville. We're starting out with the uh, <laughs> fun games. I think this is a very, very fun game for fantasy football. Detroit comes out of the bye week. I'm curious if DeAndre Swift, if we get a little bit of DeAndre Swift, I, I don't know. Uh, I would have to be in trouble at the running back position to play him. Galladay returns to the field, and I would have to say that Matthew Stafford would be an 
my top five to start a quarterback this weekend. You fetch. I think this is a good chance for both stream to stream quarterbacks, especially if you had a Dak Prescott and one of these guys were your backup. Uh, I doubt you could pick either one off the free agency, but if you have these guys as a backup, uh, I wouldn't be afraid to play them this week. On the Detroit side, Fetch, help me out. I have a um, my FFPC drafting tool for success late on quarterback. Stafford I got late. Fitz I got off waiver wire. They both have good opportunities this weekend. Which one are you going to start? Matthew Stafford. All right, very good. Let's move on to the Jacksonville side of the ball. Um, without DJ Shark, uh, he continues uh, – Cole continues to be an okay start with an occasional touchdown. But I want to talk about the necessity that we're all facing is if you have him on your roster, you want to get him in the lineup. This will be the perfect weekend to do it, LaVishka Chanel. Uh, I think almost any week. I mean, he had, I believe, seven for 74 last week. He is an integral part of this offense, especially with Shark uh, not being able to stay healthy and stay on the field. Uh, I think he's my number one play as a receiver for Jacksonville going forward. If you watch Red Zone Fetch, you're going to see these two teams on your screen often. And now we can talk about a tight end, Hawkinson from Detroit. We're all waiting for that breakthrough tight end game. Is this going to be it against the Jacksonville Jags? I think he definitely has a shot, too, because uh, he's getting better. This is his second year. Uh, we Coming off a of bye week, hopefully they can get a, a little more connection, him and Stafford, since they lost half a year with Stafford being out last year. But yeah. that's the key. That's the key. That's what really made it difficult for him last year. New game fetch. Minnesota, Atlanta. Minnesota, Atlanta. Now we have um, the the resurgent Atlanta Falcons under a new head coach and the Minnesota Vikings with or without Dalvin Cook fetch. What's the story? He, he, they're going to set him out. He's got a bye week seven. They are in capable hands with Alexander Madsen. I think I suggested to you all preseason if you could get Madsen on a team, draft him in the ninth, tenth round because this week, this is the week you plug and play him. He can, he's not exactly Dalvin Cook, but with this offense, he's going to put up very similar numbers. Yeah, you plug and play, so you're you're taking then Madison if he's going to put up similar numbers to Cook. Uh, then you've got to be considering Madison as one of the top five running backs uh, in in the uh, in play this weekend. You go to the um, uh, you go to the other side of the ball. What do you expect from Gurley? Gurley has had a really good fantasy season. They've after mm-hmm. the first couple of weeks, they've kind of committed to the run with the injuries uh, and their defensive problems. They keep feeding the ball. He's going to keep getting twenty point games, and with Julio, maybe. Uh, inactive again this week i think you got to play girly you talked to me about madison fetch and one of the players that you did not talk to me about uh in in this preseason was one adam thielen now you know i without digs there i had uh without digs and and when they announced that that Jefferson would not be the other starting wide receiver that they would be giving they would be starting the season with johnson uh, I was completely off Thielen, and to my demise, Dad, if you looked at Thielen's numbers, Fetch, he is on par uh, or on schedule, and he won't get this, but he's on schedule to get 19 touchdowns if he keeps this rate up. He's on schedule 
for over 100 catches. Adam Thielen is having a renaissance year for the Vikings. Justin Jefferson is in place uh, as the number two receiver, a team that does not throw to the tight end. So they, these wide receivers are benefiting from that. Uh, I don't uh, I, I don't see necessarily how, but they are overcoming the curse of Kirk Cousins to have a very good year. And Kirk Cousins has had a decent year. looked really good in Seattle. Uh, the big deal here mm. is, this is this is a true great, uh, game script team. The reason we weren't yeah. as high on these receivers is we expect we expected Minnesota to be a playoff team again, be three and two or four and one at this point, be ahead in most games where they're pounding Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison all the time. The problem is they're one and four and have been behind a lot which uh, has mm-hmm. made them go to the receiving core. I would ask their offensive coordinator though, you do have Irv Smith, who they did finally use a little bit last week, who made a couple good catches in his only opportunities. And Kyle Rudolph, use your tight ends. I think it would make this offense even more effective. It's not going to happen, Fetch. And, and Kyle Rudolph signed a long and uh, valuable contract with this team. And uh, how I would love to see him play somewhere else, somewhere where he could be – utilized uh, as an offensive threat. But you know what? Uh, they might rely on him to win a game, and this game might come down to the last possession. Um, the key to Atlanta in the receiving core is Calvin Thridley, uh, Ridley. He's your deep threat. He's your goal route. He's your corner routes. He's your man for big scores. Uh, you see one or two touchdowns from Ridley this weekend. I, I see one. Um, All right. One touchdown to is good team, enough for our listeners. The key to this team is Julio Jones. He was healthy week uh-huh. one and two, and they put up huge numbers. When he's not healthy, yeah. he brings Matt Ryan down. Even Ridley, to a certain extent, Ridley's saved by the volume when Julio's gone because they don't have much else to throw to, even though Gage has put up decent numbers. The reason th- this offense is geared, Julio Jones takes two or three guys, then everybody else prospers, and you've seen that with Matt Ryan's numbers, not throwing a touchdown over the last couple weeks. Is Matt Ryan still in your lineup this week, or if he doesn't do it this week, he's uh, he's headed to the bench? Which way is it? Is he benched already for you, Fetch? It's it's really tough. It's according who else I have, and it's according if who the I will put him right back in the lineup as soon as Julio is healthy and in that lineup. Very good point. Next team, Rich. Next game: the New York Football Giants against the Washington Football Team. Well, you got to love this. Washington football team comes in. I am uh, trying to find a way to get McLaurin in uh, in the lineup. Uh, I think he's going to have a significant game, but I'm I'm wide receiver heavy, especially based on some of the young players and what they're doing around the league. I think McLaurin uh, is a good play with whoever is a quarterback. I believe Allen gets to start this weekend, and, and, and he will he will shine against this defense. This is another big fantasy scoring game. Um, uh, your uh, uh, receivers uh, on the New York Giants are, are being led by – what's his name, there, number 86? Barry Slayton? Yes, sir. I, I work and uh, Slayton stepped up and had the game. Is he going to continue that against the uh, against the football club? He, he was banged up a little bit. I think he should be back this uh, continue uh, to be active this week. So I, I do like Darius Slayton, but I want to talk about the running backs in this game. Devontae Freeman mm-hmm. had a resurgence, you know, 
finally with the team for a couple weeks here, didn't get signed in the offseason, had a good game against the Cowboys. And Antonio Gibson and J.D. McKissick both put up double digits for the Washington. Two teams that are looking for a win. They're going to want to kind of help their defenses out. So I think you're going to see heavy doses of the running backs in the running game in this in this contest. And McKissick is a great third down back. He'll give Gibson some space and, and some time. And then sometimes less volume can be better better results when uh, when the running backs touch the ball. I was a big Freeman guy, and a lot of people were. I went into free agency and, and it didn't go nuts, but I was able to get him on several teams. And I think that uh, we're going to see consistent play from him. I like the way he looks. Uh, the one question at the Giants, a player that you've always been high on, is tight end Ingram. Uh, what's the story fetch? Is he ever going to cut loose? Even with Shepard not in this lineup, Ingram is not getting the targets and not getting the production. In games that suggest you need a tight end to catch the ball. I'm going to say again that this week, he'll do it. I, I, I hope uh, tight end is a young quarterback's friend. Why they're not using it more, I don't understand. But I think he's just one week away from a breakout. Yeah, well, we would like to see it. We'd like to see a breakout. Give us a prediction in this game, Fetch. Total points. You think we're looking at about 55, 56? Maybe no, I'm thinking 24 21. And I think the Washington football team wins this game. Interesting, Fetch. Next game Baltimore and Philadelphia. Yeah. What do you like about this? Uh, again, I like that Baltimore um, uh, defense and the fact that I think. Uh, Carson Wentz likes to throw interceptions to all teams. <laughs> Are we ever going to see? We'll keep we'll keep talking about unimpressive tight ends that we were counting on. Are we ever going to see Zach Ertz emerge? Wouldn't this be the perfect game for him to emerge just in numbers of catches? I don't see him producing touchdowns. The game script suggests they're going to put that ball in the big tight end's hand. You know, and more targets. Uh, they're they're hoping Alshon Jeffrey might be we, uh, back this week and. Really, something that surprised me was um, how little was spent on the free agent wide receiver, Fulham. Am I I saying that right? Yeah, Fulham. Fulham. I mean, I I spent a couple hundred dollars a couple of times, and I didn't see people going out after him like I thought they would after two big weeks. I know they've got guys coming back, but he seems to have a connection with Carson. People trust the quarterback. People don't trust the uh, pedigree. Uh, he's a two-time cut ball player, which just shows you that sometimes coaches in front offices can't get it right. Uh, he comes from Old Dominion. He's a sixth-round draft, draft pick. I remember him at the senior ball, and I loved his skill set. And I was always wondering why he couldn't get on the field. And, you know, you had it's the same thing. It's the same thing about the player we get to talk about quickly, Claypool, in a minute. You had so many general managers said, oh, we could make him into a tight end. And that eliminated the pool that wanted to use him as a receiver. They did. There were some guys that had the same things to say about Claypool. It's the same geniuses that wanted to talk to you about Lamar Jackson being a running back. Colleges are doing a great job getting these players ready to play ball. And it, it when you have a player um, – when you, when you have a player like the young Philadelphia receiver, he can high point the ball. He's been a deliverance of, uh, to a needed skill uh, to, the, uh, to the Eagles team, and he, he legitimately uh, makes Carson Wentz a fantasy player that you can keep on your roster and hope he gets it. 
um, straightened out. On the Baltimore side, um, you know, this is a this is a defense the Eagles that have been torched uh, by the passing game. And don't you think Lamar gets a few more throws? He he seems to need to get in a rhythm. He needs to have a good game. This could be it. Lamar uh, put us up only like 16 or 17 fantasy points last week. He Without the running game, which they're just not using him in as much, and they're not getting any of the running backs really in a groove since they're mm-hmm. rotating three guys so much. But I think it all goes – Back to the fact they think in the playoffs they're going to have to throw the ball to win. And right now, the connection between some of the receivers and Lamar is just not there. He's missing just a little bit with Hollywood Brown. Now, the one Lamar is throwing Hollywood into situations that make me think Hollywood's going to end up on IR. (laughs) Uh, You know, the the ball's out there, and and Hollywood's having to give up his body to go get it. And that is a uh, that's not the biggest body. No, he's gotten about. bigger. He's gotten bigger. But the guy he's throwing, the guy he's in connection with all the time is Andrews. And that seems mm-hmm. to keep rolling on. But uh, they win with the defense. They're going to work on this passing game that way in the playoff time. They can win. And I think that's going to help um, with Hollywood, with uh, Willie Sneed, some other guys get some. Uh, oh, fetch! don't be talking about Willie Sneed. Willie Sneed is never going to see a fantasy lineup. Never. Never. Can you Why see not? Willie Snead ever ever playing for anyone? Never. Well, enough injuries, no. enough bye weeks, you might. It's not going to happen. Uh, but so well, here is a question that is going to happen. Uh, Hollywood Brown, this week, I'm going to throw you some names uh, as to who you put him in front of. Do you put Hollywood Brown in front of John Brown? Yes. Do you put Hollywood Brown in front of uh, A.J. Brown? No. Do you put Hollywood Brown uh, in front of, and I'll give you three names, um, uh, Robinson? Um, uh, no, no. Uh, do, you put him, uh, do you put him in front of Claypool? Yes. That's a big mistake. Do you put him in uh, – uh, do you put him uh, – let me think of one more that would really, really hit – uh, do you put him in front of C.D. Lamb? Yes. Oh, Fetch, you're making big mistakes. What are the girls' names again, Fetch? <laughs> All right, next game up, Fetch. We've got Chicago and Carolina. Oh, we love the Carolina story. We've been on it. What do you want to talk about? Uh, what do you? Let's tip our hat to all the people that went out, whatever they had to pay for Mike Davis. There was a lot of commentary. Look at these guys paying all this money for Mike Davis. That's silly. What, what, what do you want to talk to? What do you want to say about Mike Davis now? Fitch? Well, first of all, that for three, four weeks, they made a great, a great investment. Now I feel like if you don't have Christian McCaffrey, that investment's going to fall off the board here soon. Mm. And that's the only problem with that. It's a, it's a quick fix. Um, it's not a true fix when you get when you, when I want to spend money on free agents. I want the, to know. I feel like the guy is going to be in the lineup the rest of the year. Robbie Anderson, the value of the year at wide receiver. We talked in the uh, Mailchimp this week uh, that uh, of, of just what Anderson has meant as a receiver, a top ten receiver that you could have got in the fifteenth, sixteenth round. But even with Anderson, don't you always think? 
that the Carolina offense is just missing that extra contributory uh, contributing player. And now we might have that in Davis uh, to get on the field and, and, and bring back McCaffrey in lining up in some very different situations. Don't you think that there's some options here now with what this player has shown? And I mean, the coaching staff should have known that he could deliver this skill set uh, anyway, but there's, there's gotta be great confidence and, and comfort from the quarterback, from the rest of the offense, the offensive coordinator. You, you can't just return this kid Davis to the bench and, and say, thanks, but no, thanks. We don't need you anymore. Uh, with the likes of Curtis Samuel, who's already kind of a Swiss army knife, it's going to be hard for him to stay on the field once McCaffrey gets back. But the good thing, you know, is they're in good hands with Teddy. The greatest thing Teddy mm. does is Teddy does not put them into bad plays. And How's Teddy looking on our waiver wire fetch? Is he still out there? Um, a few leagues he is, a few leagues he's not. I played him in a league this past week, and he put up good numbers for me. And if you lost Dak Prescott, if you're struggling mm-hmm. with a Carson Wentz or a Matt Ryan, Baker Mayfield types that you took in the middle rounds, mm. I would pick up Teddy and play him. I mean, he is. This is not consistent. the weekend to play. This is not the weekend to play Teddy. I say if you're in a dire situation. Maybe you do so, but I, I don't think this weekend plays Teddy. But after this, you've got a lot of great opportunity to play Teddy. So I'm agreeing with you, Pat. Just not this weekend. What do you want to say about Chicago? Allen Robinson is Nick Foles' favorite target, and Nick Foles likes to really go to a guy. I mean, he finds a connection mm-hmm. goes to him. Um, the young uh, Darnell I, – I, I Mooney. Pump. Yeah, Mooney. Mooney. Yes. He looks very talented and uh, really has cut into the value of Anthony Miller that a lot of people drafted in those mid rounds. And, mm-hmm. and David Montgomery got you a touchdown. And I think he's going to continue to get better. Um, and then a weird, weird wild card. And I think we have him as a wide receiver, but Cordell Patterson plays a mm-hmm. weird role mm-hmm. in this offense that just mm-hmm. takes enough points away from guys that makes you mad. You've been you've been spending a little bit too much time with your uh, keeper leagues where we have the twenty two man <laughs> rosters. I can I can see exactly what you've been doing, but um, you know, uh, let's let's take that focus back to Montgomery. This was a player that you were high on. Uh, you convinced me to draft him. I'm so grateful that you did. Uh, this week, he's top five running back, is he not, against this Carolina D, which has been oddly uh, solid, especially. And yeah, no, they they've been they've been oddly weak against the run. They've been solid as a team. team yes, yeah. But uh, the running backs have come in and and put up fantasy numbers. Right. Oh, yeah. I think Montgomery, uh, against. Yeah, Montgomery's in your lineup. There's a lot of good running back matchups this week, but Montgomery's a top 15 play. I don't know if I'd go top, right, top 15. I said top five. I know. I don't think he's a top five. Not with Matt. Yeah, he's a top 15. Is, 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 hell, he could be a top 15 every week. He's number one running back for Chicago Bears. That's not news. Yeah, but you drafted he, him you as know, your second running back, if not third, when he was hurt in the sixth and seventh rounds. Yeah, it's a good point. It's a good point. I, I say, uh, you, you're going to get him in your lineup. I think he's going to do better than what Fetch says he's going to do. But uh, even both of us agree. That Can we move well. on? Next game, yeah, Fetch, yeah. we're running out of time. The, Next game. The Steel City Claypools versus the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> the Steel City Claypools versus Cleveland Browns. You've already let the cat out of the bag that Claypool is not in your lineup. Now, here's where you're wrong, Fetch. Uh, and, I, and I made a note. 
this team had a week seven bye. I said, I'm going to monitor Claypool. I'm going to try to get him in. I hadn't been able to get him in a lineup previous to this. Now, I looked at it, and I said, after that bye week, this is the kind of player that's going to develop that could push me through the playoffs. Now, despite what he did this week, he's already had a 17-point game prior to this week, and they had that unexpected buy in there. So we're in week five. He's had four games. He's had this huge 40-point game. He's had a 17-point game and contributed in the other games. This is the receiver uh, that has emerged just because he's not celebrated uh, like Ruggs and, and, and like Lamb. Um, he, is, he is still – uh, a force. And in this offense, uh, which I think I have never been as high as our drafters uh, in the KFC have been on uh, Deontay Johnson. I don't understand that player as well as I should. Um, Schuster's role seems to change, and I haven't understood why. I think he's obviously a better receiver when he's part of a, a wide receiver tandem. Um, Naturally, you're impressed with a four-touchdown performance, but I was impressed about how he got them. Uh, I like the little quad box that they put on the side, and, and, and uh, he came out of that with a five-yard touchdown. Uh, why would you fetch shoot the horse that won the race? Uh, how can you tell me you're not going to have this player in your lineup this weekend? I did not say I wouldn't have him. I just against certain matchups and against – certain wide receivers. I have a lot of good teams where I drafted wide receiver high, which means I may not Mm -hmm. have a spot for him. I worry about his usage rate. Um, He Mm. he ran, I think, the third fewest routes out of the wide receivers. And I worry about Mm -hmm. the second thing is he's now had that big splash. Deontay Johnson's hurt. Mm -hmm. Uh, Juju's not done as much. He is now going to see a lot more focus from the defense. I don't think there was any, you know, we, we like to point out as, as good defenders the guy we want to stop on the defense. And now that guy's going to be Chase Claypool. And how is he going to handle that? Bring me what you have because he is a tough player. I'd love to, to watch Chase Claypool line up uh, at the receiver position, and I would like to see the cornerback that lines up against him. I would like to see this physical mismatch. Then I would like to look at the situation of a linebacker. None of these linebackers can catch this player. So if he gets behind them, forget about it. And he was on three jet sweeps. You're, you should not fear a situation when you're, they're putting the ball in the hands on this jet sweep. Hell, he may even throw a touchdown this coming <laughs> week. Patch. He's your well, play. What? He's Easier play moving forward. And Big Ben owners have now been elevated with a late-round quarterback with a new he target. Does, but I, that means touchdown in the I red zone. To touchdown give, in the I red zone. To give That's inside what the NFL, great. Uh, they did a great feature on him. And basically after the game, on his one touch, I think it was the last touchdown up the middle, and a linebacker was covering him. And basically their Philadelphia is over there. Why is the linebacker on him? I, why do we not have the mm-hmm. nickel back in? And I just don't – that's my kind of point. I don't think that will be happening anymore. They they are going to be hard-pressed to find that those mismatches they were able to find this week. People – They're not going to put linebackers – where are they going to – they're going to get – they're going to run out a six-foot-four corner to play him? Well, who, who are they going to – who are they going to play against? It's just, I'm not saying the player is, is indefensible. 
I, I'm saying if you can get a rush on Roethlisberger, uh, that could change this player's ability to get open. But you're going to see this team put this ball in this player's hand. And it's going to be very, very rewarding. I told everyone to get this player. I didn't I didn't expect 44 games, but I, you, you just heard my breakdown of the player. I thought he was a player that would emerge during the playoffs and, and lead this uh, uh, yeah. Pittsburgh team. Uh, and, and that's – we're seeing it early. And uh, it's a gift from the bye week. Uh, and, and, yeah, I've got some – I've got some decisions to make because just like you, I've got some very, very good receivers. And uh, it'll be hard to sit some of the guys down, but I've got him eight times in the FFPC, and I'm going to play him five or six. Uh, uh, you want to talk about you want to talk about Steelers' opponent a little bit? Yeah. Kareem Hunt is rewarding those guys that took him fifth, sixth round. He is a, a really good player that, you know, because of off the field, kind of got put into a secondary role. And now he's getting a shot to shine. So I love that. And that is the play there because with Baker Mayfield's deficiencies, they have to run the ball and get mm. the ball to the running back more than they're going to get, even though they have this talented wide receiver duo of Landry and OBJ. This team is coming together. Um, offensively and they flash on defense and you know they'll continue to flash on offense Beckham has some uh, weird illness Landry dropped two passes last week uh the tight end uh continues to be an performer Hooper I think Njoku ends up doing things at that situation the quarterback is a liability uh I can't believe he continued to be drafted is he being played much in the KFMSC who's that say it again uh, Mayfield, the quarterback. No, he's not being played much now. Okay, I didn't think so. Uh, predictions on this game, Fetch. Do you see a, a handy uh, Pittsburgh win, or do you think the Browns can uh, hang with Ben them? Roethlisberger owns Ohio and always has. <laughs> let's let's move on, Fetch. Give me another game. We're running out Tennessee of time. Tennessee and Houston. Mm, Houston Texans bounced back. They played loose. After the coach was gone, and Brandon Cooks, uh, after posting a goose egg for all fantasy players, turns up a, a superlative game. I released him off one of my teams after he posted the goose egg, and I really didn't care that he turned out a superlative game. <laughs> I don't want to be in business uh, with Brandon Cooks anymore. Uh, uh, let's focus in this one on David Johnson. Uh, when are we going to see more of an active David Johnson, or are we? I don't think we are. All the things we hoped would happen with this running game, it's just not there. They need to throw the ball. They need to put the hands, uh, the ball in the hands of Deshaun Watson to, to be successful and let him spread it out to whoever's hot that day. They have a talented wide receiver core uh, that lends to Fuller maybe having a zero one week and then 25 in the same way with Cooks. And that's why it's hard uh, to trust these receivers because uh, Deshaun's going to go to who's hot and who's open. If you if you drafted anyone on the offensive side of the ball, besides, say, Randall Cobb, who looks like a steady Eddie, and uh, Deshaun Watson, you, you're basically going to pull your hair out. Uh, we haven't talked much about kickers uh, this offense seems to stall sometimes, but it is uh, it is on the the plus side of the fifty often. So I, I like this kicker as a start. 
Um, what about the opposition this weekend? First of all, the, the Titans. I mean, what a game Tuesday night. <laughs> what a game. I mean, is, is this the best team in the AFC? Uh, they look like it Tuesday night. And the biggest thing. They were the most rested team in the AFC, anxious to return to the football field. And they got what? Their one thing that they needed back is A.J. Brown, what a terrific player, one of my favorite players. Uh, you know, everything's got to work. For them to come to, for them to come together, and they got help with the Buffalo offense. Um, they have the most exciting running back because uh, who isn't always going to want to run down when uh, you hear the train whistle and look at the train, you know? And if you, if the train gets to moving, it's a fascinating thing to watch. And so, yeah, I, I love this team. I love all the offensive players on this team. Jonu Smith. Uh, who we've always waited for to do something is finally getting it done. Maybe some of that goes away with Adam Humphreys returning. Yeah, maybe. Uh, the big thing here, first of all, t- take a look at um, Derrick Henry's high school stats. They are unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, it's just – They like flashed he, he that up, on the board, up, yeah. Oh, it's awesome. But secondly, mm-hmm. I have an apology to Ryan Tannehill. Two years mm-hmm. ago on this podcast, I said he was garbage. Oh. What? What I've learned, he's not garbage. Adam Gase is garbage. Yeah, and that's well, all we say. We we try to we try not to call. We try not to use the word garbage and suck when we describe players. <laughs> which brings us to our our beloved Travis Cox team's name, subpar superstars. <laughs> uh, that's uh, uh, Travis uh, learned that very early on and uh, honored the honored the realization of that by naming his teams the subpar. Superstars, uh, yeah, Ryan Houston in Tennessee. I like it. Tan- like Tannehill's a legitimate fantasy starting quarterback. Over the last 16 games, he's been a top 10 fantasy quarterback. You probably drafted him well, 18th, 19th round. Yep, you can play him, and especially with AJ Brown on, yeah, the with AJ Brown there. Difference. He, I, I agree with you with AJ Brown there. He, uh, he, he certainly is. Um, let's move on. Fetch, give me another game. Denver at New England. Well, uh, you know, let's hope this one gets played. Uh, we will see uh, Edelman return with the return of Cam Newton. We will see that duo return and, and, and put Edelman in your lineups because he will have a, uh, a legitimate game. I, I At Denver – I want to bring my attention to the running back position because I know the backup running back there or the timeshare running back there is a player that you are very high on, that being Philip Lindsay. Does yeah. he get the full job? Is Gordon going to play this weekend? I think Gordon will play, but it'll be a limited role and it'll be 70-30 type thing as uh, his off-the-field incident kept him away from some of the game-planning practices and stuff. Oh, so I, I think that's – and. They like Philip Lindsay anyway. This is an undrafted kid mm-hmm. that came in at gangbusters a couple of years ago, and I think they want to give him a chance to continue to run this offense, especially if their quarterback is back. Uh, it's still a question whether he will be um, off the shoulder injury took uh, against Pittsburgh. And then they also have the question with Noah Fan, who had an injury. So I, I want to see if this whole Denver offense can be together what Tim Patrick, what Jerry Judy can do um, mm-hmm. with everybody help? I think we wait. On, I think we wait on Tim Patrick, and I think we wait on Jerry Judy uh, this weekend. If you're forced to play one or the other, which one would you like to get on the field? I'd like to get Tim Patrick. 
I would like to get Tim Patrick on it. I think it may be premature. Uh, we haven't seen him with weekend. Drew Locke. So that, we haven't seen him yeah. as the receiver with Drew Locke, a quarterback. So I think that he's going to be he's going to be the next uh, he's going to be the next emerging story. Uh, I think Cam continues uh, to do well. You're going to start Cam in this game. You're definitely going to start Cam and. Another wait-and-see approach, though, I want to see how Damian Harris is used when uh, Cam is the quarterback. He had a good game, went over 100 yards with the uh, Hoyer-Stenham uh, process there. So how right. much will they use him uh, with Cam, especially in the red zone? You can rest uh, the variety of uh, other mix of additional running backs uh, for the New England Patriots. And it's a situation where um, – I believe in Edelman and believe in his skill set just because of his, just because of his toughness. Uh, I love uh, watching him play. The other, my favorite one dollar pickup in fantasy football this year has been Demir Bird. Do not confuse him with all these other young, uh, important, explosive wide receivers that we're talking about. But Demir Bird is uh, appears to be a Cam Newton uh, favorite, and if you need volume of touches. Uh, it looks like you may uh, find some here uh, in this wide receiver as a possession receiver type. Next game, Fetch? Miami and the New York Jets. Well, let's just don't play any Jets. Um, you got to monitor Jamison Crowder. Don't give Jamison Crowder. Let's just don't play any Jets, including Jamison Crowder. Um, you know, he made he made some nice catches last week, but Jameson Crowder has been up and down. He, he should be a Houston Texan. Jameson Crowder can deal you those kind of games. I think you've got better choices. Don't fall for when it. When he's been healthy, you've got a caught, better choice. He's caught seven for 100 in the games he's been healthy and played. I can believe that, but we're just going up against a uh, – you're going up against a, um, a San Francisco team where the Miami defense proved – but they're not giving much up in the air. And I don't know if there's a special quarterback situation, but I know you've got some better receivers there in San Francisco. That game was on the road. They went cross country. They dealt the 49ers a blow. I think if this is one of those no-think starts, and I don't believe Jameson Crowder is a no-think player. If you've got if you've got buy issues, I can understand why you might not have anyone better. But we've talked about a lot of receivers on this podcast, and I think a lot of them are going to score uh, better than Jameson Crowder. Are you rolling out all the Dolphins? And of all the Dolphin players, you're, you're one of your favorite players emerged this weekend at the receiver position, and one of everybody's favorite player emerged at the tight end position for the Dolphins. Gusecki had a game um... – Devontae Parker's an all-time star. That is not your favorite player. You do not have to talk about Devontae Parker. Move on to the other. I, I don't want to talk about Preston Williams because he had one game. Well, sure you I do because he is your absolute favorite Dolphin receiver. He still receiver, has not Preston brought Williams. up the consistency that I need to play him. And in a game like this where they're going to get up, I don't think they'll use the passing uh, game. Miles Gaskin, I think, is the really solid play here for the Dolphins. Boy, that's a player I didn't understand at all. Were you drafting Miles? Did not Gaskin? draft him anywhere, but I have, did pick him up after week one. Uh, it was a muddled backfield. We had Breida coming in, so we didn't know what was going to happen with him or Jordan Howard. And you know, Miles Gaskin, the guy had been there, knew the system, had a rapport with Fitzy. 
obviously uh, did some things in uh, preseason, not preseason, but in camp that they saw and knew that he could, uh, you know, utilize in this offense. You've uh, you've got me starting Stafford over Fitzy. Do you think that's because the uh, Miami's going to get out and coast using the running exactly. game, managing the clock yes. a little bit? Yes, okay. that's smart. Uh, Fitz, we are we are so pressed time, and we're pushing an hour here. And you know, I could talk football with you for days, Fitz. <laughs> I mean, it's it you you are really, you know, you you really got this down. Uh, we've got several games left. Throw me one more, and then we're going to pick out some particular players that we haven't got to talk about, and then we're going to call it quits. So throw me your best game. If you Since we've already talked a little KC-Buffalo from other games, let's talk Arizona-Dallas, the Monday night. Mm. I think that's a, a fun game to talk about, especially since we got the Red Rifle, who I think really helps Michael Gallup owners. The guy who's been the kind of a lost receiver in Dallas reemerges, I think, with the Red Rifle at quarterback. Gallup is a lost receiver. He reemerges if that offensive line can stop uh, the defensive pass rush. You know, Gallup, uh, why is he lost? I looked it up. 71 goal routes. He's a goal route on every play. So he's going to. And Dak didn't want to throw that because of the interception. And if if he waited, he found something else. You saw it in the last two minutes. Andy Dalton, he used to do this with A.J. Green. He'll take his five-step drop and let it go. He's not afraid to throw yep. the interception and throw that go route. And then if they cover that up, it's just going to open things up for Zeke and for well, Cooper. Well, that, that offensive line, that offensive line, uh, you know, it didn't really matter so much that they that the defensive pass rush could move Dak off a spot because Dak is always moving and can make things happen. Dalton's, you know – if you move him off a spot, there's going to be problems. There's going to be a lot of dink and dunk, and that's where I think Zeke gets his. Zeke came into a press conference this week, and he said, let's just stay who we are. That's the best thing that can happen. You know, Zeke Elliott would have to be hands down your best running back selection uh, for this year, uh, I think. I don't, I don't think that's arguable. Uh, you might I, I think say it's arguable. There's one, other, one other guy, and that's Aaron Jones, I think, that could have been a late Oh, yeah, yeah, Jones as a second. We'll see what happens with him. we got to talk about that game, too. But, you know, Zeke is yet to rush for 100 yards. And he, and, he will uh, this week. He, you know, that, that was the prediction. Um, that was the prediction that I was looking for. So, if he rushes for 100 yards. How many, how many receptions do you think Hopkins is looking at this weekend? 13, 14. Isn't that fabulous? You know, we're talking about a player here that's on pace to get 160 catches. And, and uh, he found the end zone last week. I, I think he finds the end zone in this game. He's just a thrill to watch. So you mentioned Jones, who you could pick. Middle of the second round, am I yeah, right about middle that? Middle of the second round by the end. You know, middle of the second round. And you're talk you're talking about um, Hopkins, who you could get at the end of the second round. And these guys are playing as if they should have been the third and fourth players picked in the draft. So congratulations to anyone uh, who has those guys on the team. You're likely going to challenge everyone in the league and perhaps Ralph Javon as uh, the leader. Okay, let's go Tampa Bay, Green Bay. Fascinating matchup. You know, I've talked about this over and over, how great this Tampa run defense is. And it's going up against Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams, a team that runs the ball great. Now, the key here is 
because they have Aaron Rodgers, if they take away that run game, Aaron Rodgers might throw for 400 yards this week, especially with Devontae mm. Adams back. Because if he sees them filling that box with eight, nine guys, he's going to take advantage of it. And so I – Aaron Rodgers is a man on the mission. Everyone who slept on him. Who were some of the quarterbacks going before Aaron Rodgers? Uh, Baker Mayfield? No, but Carson uh, Wentz, Matt Ryan. Carson Wentz. Matt Ryan. <laughs> Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Yeah. Oh, I mean, just, yeah. The fact that I, 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 I may, this, this is crazy. I am probably going to set Lamar Jackson for Aaron Rodgers this week. Uh, you know, y'all, I think you almost have to. I spent so, a third-round pick on a quarterback, which I never do. But in music, Never do. Never do. Didn't need to do you, it. You had Aaron Rodgers yep. waiting for you. You just couldn't resist, no, could you, no. Fetch? You, you, you just no. couldn't, you couldn't resist. You, you, you weren't living in fear there, which is my only complaint about the Fetch, is that, that he worries a little too much. Are you worried about anyone on the Tampa – side of the field you know i'm not worried about the quarterback i think uh i think he's going to hang out hang one on uh the green bay Packers. they're making a big deal about him yelling the players um on the sidelines you know and he's been in the league 20 plus years this is nothing new i i don't understand why this is a why this is a problem uh this is something that he does he's demanding a performance uh, out of this team, they were sloppy against Chicago. We talked about how you, you know you got to get ready for a Thursday night game, and uh, you know it seems like they had everything going against them. That game feels like it was played two years ago. Um, arrested Brady, a prepared Brady against Rodgers. Now I have really enjoyed watching uh, Red Zone this year. I've got to come off Red Zone to watch this well, game. Here's, here's, Don't you think? Here's uh, the it, good part: there's only one other afternoon game this week so so there's only two games in the four yes, o'clock window correct. oh my god so you can watch them both okay well that's that to uh, take care of that what's the other it one? is uh, miami and the jets okay well, that's, uh, <laughs> oh well that's 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 going to be that's going to be an excellent that's going to be an excellent way to to watch both those games at the same time the emergence uh we, well we get Devonte adams back uh the uh, this week that's going to help a lot of teams, especially teams that are doing well. Um, talk to me about the emergence of the tight end, Tanya. Does this continue? I definitely think it does. I they call him, mm-hmm. we used to always have baby Gronks. This is the baby Kittle. Now he cannot block in mm-hmm. the same way, but he looks like that aggressive type of guy down the field, uh, catching the ball, and it's the same offense. That's the great thing. He worked with uh, Kittle in the uh, offseason a little bit, talking to him, uh, trying to learn this offense because it's all based on the Kyle Shanahan, you know, uh, zone – or not zone read, but the uh, stretch play that they like to do um, play action off of. And so uh, he's learned a lot there, and he he had a monster game uh, the last time we saw him, and I – I got to believe it continues. The only thing that's going to hurt him is the Devontae Adams taking targets away from him. A lot of frustration in Tampa Bay from time to time and week to week. The one consistency is, despite his up and downs as far as catching games and yard, uh, catching passes and yardage uh, over the games this season, uh, Mike Evans catches a touchdown every week. Is that uh, yes. I mean, he – we talk about DeAndre Hopkins being the best receiver. Mike Evans may be the best red zone receiver. 
Uh, he's just. Does Ronald Jones push Fournette to the bench? No. Uh, Ronald Jones' last performance was very, very impressive. Uh, how is Fournette used then? I with think Ronald? Fournette will be used a lot short yardage. He'll be used every third possession, and more as a closer, especially if they can get a lead. Fetch, this has been great. What else you got left to talk about? We're over an hour now, and so we want to finish I, it up. I need to make plans um, with you to get over and uh, bet on our BYU team tonight. That's what that's what we really got. <laughs> well, that's that doesn't have anything to do with fantasy football. Everyone now knows that that uh, Fetch is uh, is is basically um, hooked on the Brigham Young Cougars. Uh, as soon as the season is over and some of the COVID restrictions are lifted. Uh, Fetch will be converting to all, the morning phase. All three of my, all three of my girls are going event. to BYU. That, that is goal. All if three of your girls are, if you've are, ever are listened, going. Or read the code of conduct that all their people have to uh, abide by. You'll understand why uh -huh. I want my girls to go YB, to BYU. <laughs> now, now, every, now, everyone sees what I have to deal with. I'm glad you. I'm glad you uh, pulled back the curtain and exposed. Some of the, the fetch your nonsense, but by them, that might be nonsense fetch, but you are definitely right on with some of your uh, commentary about fantasy football. You're going to have to pick the right receivers to play. I don't think you're on. I don't think you're on that road yet. You've got to get more Claypool in there. I want to give a shout out to Bobby Sangerman. Uh, uh, it, it's all in the stats balling while broke. He continues to have a very big year across the league, uh, we have to mention C. Dodd Harris. There's been a lot of change uh, in the top 10. C. Dodd Harris with uh, his friend Gordon Berg has, has apparently sold up the eighth spot. They've been in there now for, I think, four weeks in a row. They've continued to be eighth, and that team may have staying power uh, to get it done. A, a shout-out to our champion, Chad Schroeder, who played only one fantasy team this year. He played in it very well. He returns to our top 10. Uh, Chad Schroeder uh, focused on one fantasy team could be a dangerous thing for all our players. Um, Fetch, uh, you know, this year has been uh, uh, has, has been enlightening uh, for me in, in fantasy football and enlightening with uh, with working to make the event work. Um, yeah, appreciate your contribution to it. Uh, I want everyone to remember as we move into the fall that we are a bit more vulnerable and to uh, take the precautions that you feel personally necessary and understand that some of the precautions you take are not necessarily for you, but they're for the other guy. I'm continuing to take my precautions, but very important with mom at home. Everybody's so very, very kind to ask me about mom's health. She had uh, her last home health care visit from her nurse today, uh, took her, uh, took her blood pressure. She came back at a perfect uh, 112 over 68, 30-year-old nurse said, Mrs. Elliott, your blood pressure is better than mine. So we've got a lot to be grateful for uh, in that regard. If you are a glutton for punishment and want more um, commentary from me, uh, I'll be joining for my third uh, episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour with Balky tonight. And uh, tonight we've got uh, one of the leaders of the FFBC on to talk to him about some of these issues. Fetch, no, final shout words. out to Brad Taylor. I saw that he's in a big payback I think, uh, yeah. afternoon in the top. You got to love it. So glad to hear that. Uh, all our fans out there love playing fantasy football. 
keep sending in questions, keep talking about the podcast. It what it, it keeps us going in these tough times to have football and to have uh, such a great, great, you know, thing uh, to, to keep occupy our minds and keep us going. And Patch, you know, we've got our favorite thing that happens oh, on Monday hitter. night now. Uh, yeah. We've got a Monday night double hitter. So I remind everyone. I remind everyone to work your rosters carefully. Look at your waiver wires for Saturday night. Fetch and I will be back together. Uh, and I, I one, the one last thing is Sean Ligon will be joining me for all our uh, off-schedule Sunday games. So Monday and Thursday and any other night that we have an NFL game, Sean Ligon will be joining me for a, a little preview so all the listeners uh, can, can uh, look forward to that because Sean has done fantasy football in the KFFSC since its inception. For 18 years, very, very knowledgeable guy, and I look forward to him sharing uh, his knowledge to you over the Anchor app. Uh, let's lock this one down, Fetch, where we can get it published uh, and, and sent out to listeners, and I'll see you over the weekend, later today, and uh, we'll talk uh, more football as we move through week six. Uh, in Good the luck KFFSC. to everybody, unless you're playing me. 